0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong,
1: spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Well, how do you do that? Well, you're going to have to guard your heart. You're going to have to take hold of every thought. Remove every thought that does not contribute to your faith that you believed you received when you prayed. Now, thoughts are governed by observations, associations, and teachings. So you're going to have to be careful about places you go, about teachings that you hear, and people that you hang around with. It'll destroy your faith. Listening to the wrong people. Do you realize some people's, many people's, prayer life is a disaster and is a failure because of the church they go to? Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. One translation of that verse says it this way. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. People have died for saying the wrong things. People have died for saying the wrong things. Do you realize some people's life has been cut short because of the churches they go to? Now, I know people pick churches based on a variety of things very few of them are based on the thing that it should be based on. And that is the word. When Jesus talked about the mysteries that govern the kingdom of God, he talked about your attitude toward the word. He didn't talk about comfortable pews. He didn't talk about short sermons. He didn't talk about people with personality. But you're going to have to be ready you're going to have to be ready with an answer when the devil comes. But you took step one. Remember, you put those scriptures that promise you what you want in your heart, not just in your mind. So now you're ready to use those things. But you're going to have to guard your mind. You're going to have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Refuse to think anything that doesn't contribute to your faith. And I'm talking about your faith about the thing that you ask God for. Remove every impression, every feeling, every dream, Everything that does not contribute to your affirmation of faith that God has heard you, heard your prayer, and that you believe you receive. Refuse to allow anything to stay in your mind. Now, you can't stop the thoughts from coming to your mind, but you can stop whether or not they stay there. You can't help who comes to your front door, but you can help who you invite inside. Now, the Bible says, Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, we've talked about verse 24, about the prayer of faith, but he talks about the principle of faith in verse 23. And he said this. He said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, so faith has something to do with what you say. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. And this is the only requirement or, or warning he gave to us. And shall not doubt in his heart. And shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe in his heart that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Matthew chapter twelve verse thirty-four. Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." So if faith is of the heart, and faith is of the heart, uh, faith that is of the heart is defined by speaking God's word, no matter the circumstances, but declaring and speaking God's word. Those specific promises that guarantee that you'll get an answer to your prayer. That tell you that God wants you to have what you want him to give you. If speaking those promises, those verses of scripture is faith of the heart, then doubt of the heart would have to be speaking anything else. And remember in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 13, it tells us the ten spies came back with an evil report. Well, what was the evil report? It was a report of doubt. It was them saying, we can't do what God said we can do. We can't have the promised land God said was ours. And God calls that evil. Now, the same people that would guard against immoral thoughts, the same people that would guard against thoughts to, to rob or cheat or steal from somebody, welcome thoughts of failure and thoughts of defeat. And here's the reason why you have to guard your mind. And the reason why guarding your mind is guarding your heart is because the things you think on are going to be the things that come out of your mouth. The things that you think on will be the things that you see, and they will come out of your mouth. Well, you've got to avoid that. You've got to keep that from happening. You have to stop that. So destroy every image, every vision, every feeling, every impression, every dream. Make sure that those things do not stay in your mind. If doubts persist, and they will, speak to them, rebuke them, and get your mind fixed back on what God's Word says is yours. Now, that brings us to step number four. Step number four is to praise God for your answer. Or we might say it this way. Praise your way to victory. Praise your way to victory. Remember, the victory is up to you. John said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But that victory is going to have to be dependent on you, keeping the principles and following the principles that the Word of God outlines for prayer and for all of the kingdom of God. So praise your way to victory. In your waking moments, think. Think. On what God has done. Think on the things that he's blessed you with. Count your blessings and faith will increase. You count your blessings and faith will rise. It is speaking faith words and thinking faith thoughts that lead the heart out of defeat and into victory. You remember in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat was surrounded by five enemy armies. And so he calls and proclaims a fast. He gets everybody to come worship God and serve God, spend a day in fasting. And as they worship God, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came upon a certain person. who must've been a prophet because this guy spoke up on behalf of God. And he said, this battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And then he gives them instruction. He said, tomorrow go out against them. But don't worry, God will fight your battle for you. Well, the next morning, I doubt that everybody felt as excited as they did the day before. A day that they'd spent in prayer. A day that they'd spent in looking for God's direction. And then God answered in such a marvelous way. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You won't have to fight in this battle. Man, everybody can get excited about that. But then tomorrow comes. They don't feel as excited. They're not as whipped up. As a matter of fact, they may be on an emotional low or letdown because they got so excited the day before. So Jehoshaphat reminds the people. He says, remember what God said to the prophet It's not enough that God said it. Now we've got to act on it. We've got to be a doer of what he told us to do. So what did Jehoshaphat do? He put the singers and the praisers out in front of the army. Well, if they're not going to have to fight, it's not a big deal how he lines them up. Wouldn't hurt to put the singers out front. But if you were one of those singers, I wonder what the devil's trying to tell you. Now there's all kinds of ways to look at this. The singers and the praisers could be out front and they could be reminding themselves, God said, we won't have to fight. Well, it's a good thing they won't have to fight. What are they going to do? Hit them with their harp? But Jehoshaphat knew what we need to know too. He put the singers and the praisers out front to sing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And the Bible tells us something that's instructive, amazing, but instructive. It says, when they began to sing into praise, when they began to sing into praise, the Lord set ambushments and they started fighting against each other. Now, here's my question for you. Why didn't he set the ambushments the day before when the prophet spoke? That would have been the perfect time in my thinking. That way they could have dedicated themselves beginning the next morning to just go pick up the stuff that everybody left. But God didn't set the ambushments until they began to sing into praise. So we could say this. We could say they knew the will of God. The will of God had been referred or or been identified the day prior to the singers and the praisers going out. But in order to be a doer of the word, in order to be operating in faith, they've got to take action that shows that they believe that God told them the truth. So when you praise your way to victory, what that really means is be a doer of the word. If God says healing belongs to you and you praise God for healing before you see the results, that shows that from your heart, believing with your heart, you're being a doer of the word. And if the battle is already won, Thank God our battles are won even more so than Jehoshaphat's because of what Jesus did. If our battle has already been won, then what is there left to do other than praise God? Now, I understand people don't normally think like that. I understand that you have to be taught in the Word and accept the Word to be true to be taught like that. But those are one of the principles that govern the kingdom of God. Those are one of the principles, one of the mysteries that the Word of God has revealed to us. It means we accept God's Word as the power to perform what His Word said He'll do. Paul and Silas did the same thing. Acts chapter 16, it says they went to Philippi, the chief city of Macedonia, and they cast the devil out of a little girl that was telling fortunes. Well, that didn't sit real well with the people that were making money off of her. So they caused a riot, and then the Roman soldiers came in, took Paul and Silas without any due process, or what we know as due process, without any trial or anything else. They beat them because they were told by the, the ones that lost their means of gain to the fortune teller. They told them that Paul and Silas had caused the problem, caused the uproar. So the Romans had beaten them and put them in jail. And the Bible says, beginning in verse 25, Acts 16, verse 25, it says, and at midnight, I believe it was literal midnight, but it could also refer to the midnight hour in your situation, the darkest hour. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, There was an earthquake, and every prison door opened. Everybody's chains and stocks and the things they were bound with fell off, and everybody was set free.
0: Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing.
1: Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease.
0: Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: When they began to sing and to praise, suddenly there was an earthquake. Well, somebody might say, but Pastor Mike, that doesn't say they were praying the prayer of faith. Well, if you were beaten in prison, for preaching the gospel, getting the little girl delivered, what would you be praying for? Some people will try to put on a real religious or pious look and say, oh, I would have just been praying for the will of God to be done. I would have considered it an honor to suffer for the name of Jesus. Well, they had already suffered. They'd been beaten. They'd been jailed illegally because Paul was a Roman citizen. I believe from the results they got that they're praying to be set free. Paul knew that God didn't send him to Philippi to, be, to spend his ministry time in jail. He sent him to Philippi to start and establish a church like I, just like he did everywhere else he went. So I believe they were praying to be set free, and they were. Turn with me over to Philippians chapter four. Paul writing back to the very people that were aware of what had happened that we just described, casting the devil out of that little girl and being thrown in prison and being supernaturally released from prison or freed from prison. Paul writes back to them in verse 6, beginning in verse 6 of Philippians 4. He said, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious or don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now, folks, if God tells us to do something, then he has to furnish and provide the means for us to do it. If God says be careful for nothing and we don't have the ability to not be careful, to not be worry-free, then we have a right to challenge God's justice. That would make him unjust to require something of us that he didn't provide us the ability to do. That's why everything we see that the Bible says for us to do, we should look at and understand That whether we feel like it or not, whether it looks like it or not, we have the power to do just exactly that. So he said, be careful for nothing. Don't be worried. Don't have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, you're not going to worry, what are you going to do? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. In everything, well, concerning the healing that you want to receive for your body, concerning the finances that you need in your life. In everything, by prayer, anything you need to receive from God, of course, is governed by the prayer of faith, as we've been talking. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Notice thanksgiving is just as big a part of it as prayer. Notice Paul puts thanksgiving on an equal par with praying according to the will of God, asking God for the things you need. See, sometimes people have the idea, I don't hear this much anymore, but in days gone by, much more so. I remember people in the church I grew up in saying, well, God knows what I need. He wants me to have it. He'll bring it to me. Well, Jesus addressed that. Jesus, I think it's in Matthew chapter 6, said, Your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. God knows your needs. But he doesn't stop there. He said, God knows what you have need of before you ask him. He still expects you to ask. So the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With means to accompany something. Accompanied by thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Notice verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think. Everybody say think. Think on these things. Romans 12, 2 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I think a lot of Christians must think that says removing of our minds. (laughs) Because they don't see the importance of controlling your thoughts. They don't see the importance. Well, here again, if he told us in verse 6, if Paul told us by the Holy Ghost in verse 6, to be careful for nothing, that means we can be. We can be worry free. We can live, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how severe they are, we can live without worrying or being fretful or anxious, Amen. which also means we can do what verse 8 says. We can think on things that are good and honest and lovely and just and of good report and if there be any virtue and there be any praise. We can think on those things. That has to mean we can control our thoughts. So praise your way to victory. Thank God for the answer. Thank God for the answer before you see it. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, Abraham was strong in faith, giving God glory. He glorified God for the answer before he ever saw the answer. Now, what do you do in your prayer life? If you believe that God heard and answered your prayer, what do you do in your prayer life? Well, you're going to have to make every prayer from that point forward every time that you pray... Following the prayer of faith that you believe you receive your answer. You're going to have to make every one of those prayers following it to be statements of faith and not unbelief. What that means is you can't pray about it again. You can't ask God for it again. Now, there are some prayers that you can pray over and over and over again. Paul talks about that in uh, uh, several of the letters he wrote to the Ephesians, to Philippians, to the Colossians, even a little bit to the Thessalonians. He said, I pray this way every day for you, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in you as as a believer and the exceeding greatness of his power that works in you. He said he prayed that over and over and over again. Well, Paul can be praying in faith, but not the prayer of faith. See, if the prayer of faith would work in that situation, then Paul could have just prayed for everybody that ever got saved in the future that they'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in God. But see, the prayer of faith is you governing or you praying about things concerning yourself. You can't, well, there are times when you can make the prayer of faith work for other people but not many of them. You remember over in James chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church, and let them, the elders, pray over them the sick, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith, verse 15, and the prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall save or heal the sick. Being healed is being saved from sickness the word that's translated save there is a word that also is translated heal in other parts of the scripture. Well, we know he's talking about physical sickness, so he has to be talking about healing. So what do you do when you pray that prayer of faith? Well, every statement following that, every prayer following that, every time you communicate with God following that point in time that you believe you receive your healing, you're going to have to make a statement of faith. Instead of asking God to do it again, Thank him for hearing you. Thank him because the power of God's at work in your body, changing the physical circumstances. Smith Wilkinsworth said this. He said, if you've prayed, talking about the prayer of faith, he said, if you've prayed seven times for any one thing to receive from God, you prayed six times in unbelief. See, if God's word is true, and if we really believe we receive when we pray, and again, I'm just talking about the prayer of faith. I'm not talking about other kinds of prayer. But the prayer that changes things, the prayer that receives from God, if we're praying the prayer of faith, then once we know God's heard us, that's it. For us, the job from that point forward is to merely stand in faith and thank God for the answer. Stand in faith and thank God for the answer. James said it this way. James chapter 1, verse 2, he said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But lest patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That means having the answers that you need. That means having the supply that you need. That means having the healing that you need. But notice he said, even in the middle of a hard place, count it joy. James is saying the same thing Paul said to the Philippians. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. With thanksgiving with thanksgiving well pastor mike how long are we supposed to thank god till you see the answer how long are we supposed to be making our confession to faith till you see the answer jesus said believe that you receive and you shall have so that means we need to keep operating the kingdom principles the mysteries of the kingdom of god these principles that we're talking about that the bible reveals to us we're supposed to keep those up until we see the answer how long is that going to be i don't know Neither you nor I control that. Well, it sure seems like we've had to stand for a long time. Folks, it's just as easy, easy to speak faith thought, or think faith thoughts and speak faith words as it is to think thoughts and speak words of doubt. It's just as easy. And I've always looked at, this, looked at it this way. If I get my answer, whatever day I get my answer, meaning see it i'm not talking about receiving it by faith but whatever day it shows up in the material realm i'm still going to be believing god for something i'm always going to be believing god for something it's the nature of the life we live in him we're always going to be in faith about something so what does it matter what day it is believing for one thing is the same as believing something else But the devil wants you to think that, oh, you've blown it. You've made a mistake. And very often, he gets people to swallow and believe his thoughts of doubt. And once they pray them or once they speak them, then they've taken themselves out of faith and put themselves in unbelief. I've always had a good working relationship with the Lord. What he needed me to know, I've always been open to hear. He knows I'm open to hear it. And so if he's got something that he needs to get to me, it's his responsibility, not mine. If I miss it some way along the way, it's his fault, not mine, because I'm open to hearing whatever he has to say and making whatever corrections he wants me to correct. But folks, anything other than continuing in prayer and thanksgiving or in praise and thanksgiving, Anything other than that is us saying the word's not enough. In the case of Sister Gray, the church praying the second night is saying one touch from God's not sufficient. And that unbelief will nullify your prayers. And folks, God will let you walk in unbelief. He doesn't want you to, but you're the one with authority in your life. You decide whether you're going to be in faith. You decide whether or not you're going to speak words of doubt. Your victory depends on you, not him. He's already made provisions for you to be victorious. Amen? So thank God for our healing. Thank God for our provision. Thank God for the answer to whatever we're believing for. In Jesus' name. The Word of God tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. That means to live like God's Word is true. Train yourself so that no matter what happens in life, your first question is, what does the Bible say about this? Then do what it says and watch the blessings of God come to pass. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: I believe that there are going to be miracles that are greater than even the miracles that we see in the Old Testament about the woman with the oil that didn't run out until she had enough to pay off her debts. I believe there are going to be miracles that outdo the little widow woman whose cruise of oil didn't fail and the barrel of meal didn't come to an end.
0: Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.